Radio Primavera Sound. Powered by SEAT. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two grown men try to maintain some sense of dignity by keeping up with pop culture with the help and guidance of a savvy young person who can read the internet. Yes, it may seem we, like we can all read, but can we all decipher what is being communicated through social media, the hidden messages, the details in the back of the frame, the comments below the post, the strategic like by an ex-lover, the way the girl on the right moved further away the moment the other girl entered the room, and why did they use the song by Ellie Golding on the video that she wrote when her boyfriend did that bad thing? Confusing? Don't get your underwear in a twist. We are the beacon on the highway. Today, we talk about sex. Well, at least about a goop show about sex. Mar will also tell us about her new favorite magazine column where she reads about the exciting lives of young people with a lot of followers, including Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez's younger brother, who seems like the funnest person from the Bronx. I've accepted my age and will explain why we must embrace Brian Adams. Our album of the week is only 18 minutes long and full of charm. Pink Panthers's debut mixtape, To Hell With It!, and a lot of us started the week very well since we tre we were treated to the season three opening of Succession. The Roys are back. What a time to be alive. I get lost. I don't know what to look at on the internet, but thank Fra thank Frank. <laughs> we have Marvai Verdu with us, who recommends some of the most interesting columns in the world. Mar, tell us about your latest mm, editorial crush. Yeah, well, everything began um, because last week, last week or two weeks ago, I think it was last week, we were allowed for the first time in what, like two years to go out in Barcelona, which mm -hmm. is celebration time. And uh, we were all supposed to feel super excited. But it, it was kind of a journey, everything. Like it's been two years, so it's normal that we feel a lot of emotions. So at first, I, I'm going to drive through the journey I felt mm -hmm. uh, I, I went through. Um, at first, I was in like a, a denial state. Uh, you don't fully believe it because there's been plenty of times that we've been told they would open again and they don't end up doing it. So I was like, okay, I, I don't really care. I don't, I'm not going to process that because it's not going to happen. But it did happen. It it, it was happening and, and I was like, okay, um, Time, time to get excited. I've been like anticipating this for two years and, mm -hmm. and it's finally here. I, I, <laughs> I have to go out and, and have fun. But then I was like, oh, actually, I, I don't want to go. I have, <laughs> I, I have zero excitement. I have uh, zero. The hype that I was supposed to feel, I, I don't feel anything. I'm empty inside. <laughs> I, I, now I'm developing a, a new personality. I'm going to base my personality on being boring, being okay with it, and, and maybe even having a little bit of a superiority complex about it. Like, who embraces being boring? I'm going to be the first one. That's going to be my the brand. The boys and boys embrace <laughs> being boring. They do well. That was, that was what that was. Being boring. Being boring, yes. It's yeah, the, 
remember Mar doesn't really know who the Pet Shop oh, Boys are. <laughs> Does that make you feel young? Yeah, like, <laughs> well, like, hang on. She's not gone out for two years. Why didn't she use that time to brush up on who the Pet Shop Boys were? I know. But I, you know what? I wish I'm, I'm obsessed about finding the word, the psychological term for when you have these feelings. That superiority complex of like not wanting to take part in the fun, cool, yeah. in the nightlife and stuff. It's like, oh, you're, you're one of those that goes out. No, no, I, I'm better at home, you know, reading my books. That has to have a name. Yeah, we have to find one because I was feeling that, but it didn't last long. Ben's, ben <laughs> has a word on the tip of his tongue. No, no, I don't. I don't. It just reminded me of someone who, who I used to work with. You'd be like, oh, do you have a nice weekend? Like, Fantastic. Stayed at home, read War and Peace. You just, like, oh, <laughs> God, God, it's like <laughs> exactly. why, why, why is it so frowned upon that people have fun and, and yeah, drink Mark, alcohol? Stop and stuff? frowning. No, I stopped because I then saw people on my social media having fun and FOMO to ah, go. <laughs> if you're gonna stay home, sw turn off the Instagram. Yeah, I, I didn't do that, so that was my my bad. Um, and then I was like, who was that who said that being boring was cool? I don't know her. Um, my personality and my, and the reason I'm on Earth uh, is to live by the words of Lady Gaga when she said. No sleep, clap, another clap, another clap, plane, next plane, no sleep, another clap. <laughs> and I was like, let's go to the club. So I convinced my other um, boring friends who also felt the FOMO of not going out to go out. And when you th thought everything was over and it's like, okay, finally I'm going out. It I took some time, but I, I, I'm getting there. Um, then something else happened. I told you it has been a journey. And I was overtaken by doubt. It was, <gasps> I was like... What uh, what is it like to to go out? It it's been two years. Can I have 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 forgotten how to party? What are you even supposed to do at a party? I I don't know what is having fun. And most importantly, and that's what um, took me. And I had the whole existential crisis. What <laughs> kind of person am I in a party? And that insane level of self-awareness, it's not only because of the pandemic and reaching full insanity, it's because of my new obsession with um, that's been this, this column uh, called Are You Coming on the Cat? And it's basically... Um, it's it's amazing. I, I I'm so into it, and, and <laughs> today I'm gonna do like a a full on explanation on why you have to be obsessed also with this column. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's probably worth saying that since you mentioned it, I've read four of them. How many have you read, Johan? I I only got my, my that secret trick of being able to unblock the subscription. You know the free. The, you know, <laughs> yeah. I only got to two. I only got to the the AOC's brother and uh, the influencer who's desperate to. Be I famous. went I went big on them last night. I was on the bus last <laughs> you night. You binged. You binged the cut. Yeah, I had three in a row. I, I'm loving that for you, and that's the reason I'm here today. So I, I feel like I've achieved something. Um, well, this column for the people listening who are going to be obsessed as well um, is by a journalist called Brock Coiler, who is super funny when writing, and that's some, one of the most attractive parts. And he follows um, people in New York that have a following, but it's not only like A-list celebrities, which in in a few of them he goes out with, like in the Met Gal after party and stuff, oh. but also like um, writers, influencers, crypto investors. It's it's anyone that for some reason has a following. And, and in, most of the time you don't even know who they are, but that's not important. And I think these columns are like the most accurate anthropological study ever made. It's insane to see how um, seeing how a person behaves on a night out um, and what where they go and what they do 
can exactly tell you what kind of person this is. Like, you don't need any more information. You know exactly how they're like. I, I, I don't care about which persona they're trying to sell online. You know exactly how they're really like. It's like, I know how you talk to your parents. I know how you were in school. I know how which kind of friends you have. Just because of this column, that it's not like it's super long and you get to know like a whole explanation about who they are. It's like, I just needed to know how you behave on a night out to know exactly who you are. Well, I think so the thing about this, and I think why you're right, is because basically they all try to present a particular image, but the problem with the night out is it's a bit chaotic, mm-hmm. right? So, like, things happen. I'm thinking about the one with uh, Gabriel uh, Ocasio-Cortez, and mm-hmm. he's obviously... Uh, he seems like a nice kind of person. He's, he's obviously trying to protect some kind of image as well, but, like, it kind of... It's kind of interrupted by the fact loads of people in the club want to talk to him and want to have their picture taken. You can sense him getting a little bit annoyed by it. And uh, did you read uh, the one with Catelyn Phillips? I love that. That, that was I love bizarre. That. <laughs> that, that, that was like it was like she sort of invited him and then didn't didn't speak to him and ran away and then was like, no, on the nicest possible way, you got to. Go. And like, oh my. Yeah, 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 yeah. This this person who I didn't know, Kelly Phillips, I have no idea who she is. But at the same time, after reading this column, <laughs> I know I know her more than I know my parents. I know who she is. I know what what she she tries to portray, but who she actually is. It it's amazing, and and she was um super like. This column is basically this this uh, journalist reaching to these influencers and or whoever they are and they have to say yes he's not going there uninvited or anything and he goes to to this Caitlin's house because she invited him and then she ignores him all night like <gasps> she doesn't talk How to rude. him he run she runs away from him like he goes to talk to her and she's like yeah if you want to be part of the party you have to um help me clean the dishes and he's like okay let's do that i guess but boring um and then he goes to <laughs> to the kitchen with her and and she then like runs away to the living room and leaves him alone in the kitchen like am i supposed to clean now the dishes? <laughs> what and and she's super rude and and then he only has he is only able to talk to her friends and and then through her friends, try to imagine how she is, even though it's quite telling that she invites you to a party and then doesn't talk to you and treats you super badly. And then by the end of it, um, he says, Caitlin ushers me straight to the door, saying the most she said to me all night. I love you so much, which is like, first time I'm talking to you, but okay. But you gotta go in the nicest, nicest, friendliest way. I'm sorry, it has to be done. And it's like, okay, bye. I guess what I'm a, a journalist for, for the New York magazine. I'm gonna write about this, but okay, thank you for inviting me and showing me who you are in a night out, right. because this is super telling. And do you know what's all the better? So she posted that article to Instagram and she said, Thank you uh, for coming over to my house. Sorry I didn't th- talk to the reporter. I don't trust the media. And isn't she like a journalist publicist? You're like, yeah. Oh, like, oh and he's like, don't invite him if you like. I understand you're the kind of person like, oh no, I don't talk to to media people because they will make like a fake story. And it's like, then don't invite him. It's not like he's a paparazzi chasing you or anything. But my favorite favorite one is um uh uh. Well, the one that got me started in a full-on binge to to read them read them all is a uh, one based on a New York TikTok influencer called Victoria Paris that got famous during the pandemic, and I'm just gonna read a few of the excerpts because you I just love how 
because it's a, a few of them are super cringy. Like this one about um, about Caitlin Phillips is a bit cringy because it's like, why do you act like that? And this one um, by Victor, not not by Victoria Paris, about Victoria Paris is super cringy, but in the kind of cringiness <laughs> I love the most. And it, the column just begins in the most perfect begin openings that uh, I've read. Forget Don Quixote, this is the one. And <laughs> <laughs> and it starts like uh, saying, Victoria Paris probably wouldn't be famous if not for the boredom of the pandemic. And of course, without her wanting it so much. And it's like, <laughs> I already know who Victoria Paris is. That perfectly encapsulated who she is. And then uh, that's a perfect line, isn't it? it? Just perfect, yeah. That little dash yeah. and just like, oh. and of course, it's, it's oh, Of course, you art. want it so bad. And you can imagine that this 22 year old girl from New York that's become recently an influencer and she has all this fame now in her head and she's always wanted that and she's now like yeah I told you to all the it, high school people that didn't it, believe in her or something it's a real drag but at the same time it's not mean because no, it, it's 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 like it's a truth true. and it's like hey it's not bad these days everybody is like desperate for this kind of this thing. is why I think Brock keeps on getting invited because it's very hard to put your finger on what is actually mm-hmm. mean you couldn't exactly look at it and say that's mean because because it, it's sort of like a cumulative effect isn't it there's not like one particular yeah, line um, i mean it's like you say that, that that that's a great line but it's not that mean it's kind of it's kind of true and you'd be like well don't you want to be famous you know and i think people like I think what i reckon is i've got this theory that everyone that invites him thinks that they're going to be the person that actually like that Bro- is co- actually cool. Yeah, they're like, well, all these losers, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, it yeah. didn't work for yeah. the last 20 people. But Wait, the thing so is, I really you. am really the person who has a cool night out. Well, then the first time they have an encounter, like when he steps into the party or the pregame, I think they were doing, Victoria says, I'm the most hated person on the internet. And, and Brock writes, it's not clear what has inspired this revelation or if it's a, <laughs> or if it's a sort of narcissistic humble brag. And it's like, yes, it's kind of, I don't know if she had a revelation just when I went through the door of she's t- trying to like humble brag that she's the most hated out of like I'm the most maybe hated but I'm the most out of of something Mm -hmm. and then he points out that her phone wallpaper is fan art of herself (laughs) and it's captioned the Victorian era because she's called Victoria (laughs) and it's like (laughs) and then she goes on saying she says nearly 30 people recognize her on the street every day which makes me wonder how how she keeps count like is she counting like today 30 approximately every day I keep and, and then the funny part is and um, when they go out, nobody recognizes her. <laughs> and and people who are also like on on the industry, like influencers or stuff, ask her, "What do you do?" And she has to to answer like, "I do social," or I do social. I, "I'm a I'm a TikToker." And then like, "Oh, cool!" But nobody actually recognizes her. And Brock writes like, "I can feel getting ang- I can feel her getting angry that people have to ask her who she is because she." previously said she gets recognized that like, actually gives me a little bit of hope because it's it, it I, I got the shivers reading that line and I, and I remember that that incredible black mirror episode with Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. where it's all um uh, nosedive nosedive where she she's ups, where the culture society is driven by the amount of likes you have and the reviews people give of you as a consumer you know like you give the barista uh, three stars for how he did your coffee well that barista can also judge you as a customer right your attitude and stuff well, the and, Uber model, right? Hmm? That's Uber, isn't it? 
Would that, yeah, 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 it is, it is. But this is like a heightened thing where every step you take is being judged uh, and everyone gets it all the same, not just the people offering a service. And uh, it gave me a little bit of uh, juju, as we say in Spanish. But I thought, you know what? If we get to that point where everyone is obsessed with following and, and oh, I've got 50K and I've got 100K, it'll become so like, yeah, whatever. So what? You know, it's not yeah. like now where people seem more valuable because they have social clout. It'll get to the point where it's like... There's too many gets, famous people to care and it's yeah. yeah it's like it doesn't make you important at all to have even 300k or a million you know it's like yeah, yeah whatever well do you know what i've just noticed doing my uh, research catlin phillips <laughs> right has seven thousand followers on instagram that's very little that's not that much yeah. you johan wald have six thousand Oh, right. you could be invited to the. Yeah, invited. that's what I'm thinking. We need to write out a reach out to the man, Brock. But I think I'd be like nothing in one of those Brooklyn parties. That, 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 that no, you'd invite him to a party here. You know, where you, where, you, where you know people. You know, that would make. Yeah, would make yeah, sense. yeah. You're we, potentially material for uh, this kind of uh, column. Come on, I mean, I'm Johan <laughs> Wald. I'm a Spanish icon. I mean, I'm not an influencer. Oh, sorry. Well, I was humble. Bra- Is that humble brag? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most hated person in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Can we come along? <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> well, then she, she, Victoria keeps saying she's super bored all the time and she wants to move party f- from party to party. And and in one of them, she steals mini boxes of cereal. And and the the, the, the journalist is like, before we leave, she steals mini boxes of cereal um, for later. But um, weird. And but not sugar coated ones. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end of it, you get this kind of revelation. Like she seems uh, like she has this philosophical ending. Like first of all, she says she's bored once again, and she tells the the host of the the party there in in the end, "You necesito tacos." <laughs> I just I imagine this American girl saying, "You necesito tacos," <laughs> and it's like I can feel the cringe mm. inside. But but then after saying this cringy thing and and the host being like, "Okay, whatever." Um, she goes to tell Brock, I'm trying to make money and I'm trying to maintain this lifestyle. But at the end of the day, I'm bored, you know? And it's like, she has, the whole thing is like this girl getting super popular, but reaching her goal doesn't make her happy. And she's just over it after getting what she really, really wanted for a long time. And now that she has it, she's like, okay, I, I, I don't even see the appeal anymore. And it's like, oh, it makes you think. It's not only the cringy stuff. Well, this is what I couldn't work out. I couldn't work out if reading this I wanted to go out to these parties or not Mm -hmm. like I sort of did and I sort of didn't I'm thinking there was there was the big one for all the sort of um, blockchain people blockchain bros and crypto socialites (laughs) and and like my instinct was like no that would be absolutely terrible and it's like actually I don't know it sounds kind of reasonably reasonably fun and like obviously um, Gabrielle Ocasio-Cortez goes to goes to a brilliant party I couldn't work out if it made me want to go out or stay in what did you I, I felt, you know how sometimes you go to these warehouse parties and uh, he mentions something about not really feeling the fun in the dance floor, mm-hmm. like just for a while, but he was more like, the sense is like, this party isn't that great. Like I'm at the bar and yes, I'm rolling my eyes and people are coming up. I got that feeling of when you go out with high expectations and all of a sudden you're not connecting with the dance floor, you're not in the mood, I don't know. Yeah, you, it's been you so just long. Talk. But all of this... It has made me be super self-aware of who I am at a party. And then I was like, okay, um, am I, I want to be a Gabriel Ocasio-Cortez because he's super fun. He also has intelligent conversations and witty stuff to say also while being drunk, which is impressive. Um, 
And he's also quite an, an activist because he's got yeah, a, he's, he's got a bit of so, uh, hearing impairing, and uh, he's he's kind of an advocate for for disability issues. And yeah. I really love that, and I really love the the idea that he, when he goes host a party, makes sure it's disability friendly. And yeah. I was like, I want to be a, a Gabriel Ocasio Cortez. I want to be that kind of fun and and also like woke in a sense. Yo necesito tacos at the Ocasio-Cortez house. That's <laughs> yeah. that's basically, you yeah. know, like the family gathering, you know, that must be the the, be the best family ever. Yeah, but I think deep down I'm more of a Victoria Paris. <laughs> 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 and I have to be okay with it. And that was the, the, the hard part of, of going out and being like, okay, I'm gonna go out after two years and I have to be okay with the fact that maybe I will be a Victoria Paris. <laughs> and And you know what? Maybe maybe that's not that bad. Maybe you have to embrace whoever you are in a party and knowing maybe you will be cringy or maybe not. Maybe you will be super intelligent and you will never know except if a, a journalist follows you and then you're able to read it the morning after when he reads a whole column about you. But since that's not going to happen, um, I will be left with the the secret of who am I at a party? Maybe I, maybe we, I, you can, I can ask a favor to a friend, like write a column for me of who am I at a party to be finally sure of, of who I am because you can get your birth um, chart and, and know who you are. And yeah. you know, I have Taurus, Sun and Gemini rising or whatever. But the, the most telling part is who you are at the party. Do you know, I found interesting. Everyone was talking, it seems like, in uh, as I binge read the articles, maybe mm-hmm. this was just me, but everyone seemed to mention The Great Gatsby. At least yeah. two of them mentioned The Great yeah. Gatsby. You're like, They're obsessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, kind of in, independently. I don't think Brock was bringing it up either. It was like, well, why? 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 I mean, you can kind of, I guess. Is it because the, the people keep talking about the Roaring Twenties are going to be coming back uh, after this whole pandemic? There's going to be a new Roaring Twenties, and that's kind of what when The Great Gatsby w- took place? I guess so, but it just feels like this this sort of um very obvious slightly misguided reference that loads of the loads of people are going to also i think they read it a lot in american schools which might be why yeah. or maybe they knew a journalist from the new york magazine was coming and they were like uh, let's cite someone in someone important some author or yeah. something okay the great gadget it's about great. a party yeah i can throw a line about that and then uh, maybe i look like an asshole but at, <laughs> at least they know i read books <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, it did make me want to go to those kind of sort of New York, Brooklyn warehouse parties, or you know, it's like going to Razzmatazz. Really, sometimes you go and you feel like you're in the middle of in the heart of Brooklyn. Uh, discos. Anything else from the cut? No, I just want everyone to be just as self-aware as I am and be scared to go out <laughs> because they don't know who they will portray. Maybe they will portray the cringy person in the cat, or maybe they will portray the woke person in the cat. Who knows? I think it's always fun when when you go out on your own and and you 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 know you're open to being you know you're to to leeching off different groups mm-hmm. and it's like ah you can mill about that's always been kind of my thing you know like just walk around all the time and and spend like so micro fun. moments with different crews and stuff and yeah so they cannot yeah. judge you as much as exactly. micro moments so you don't have enough to know yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you keep your mystery. Um, and Brock, just to say, Brock is very much invited on on a night out with us. Oh yes. totally. But please don't write about it because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think my frail frail ego could handle, could handle that. What a ego. fun assignment! Imagine, like you know, I don't know how that New York works. If magazines do that anymore, where they'll give you a company card where so you can you know 
charge expenses I like the cabs. Because if not, he has to be broke by now. Yeah, but you know, nowadays, being a columnist, sometimes you got to pay to have your column because it's influence, it's platform and stuff. Oh, God, that was Rolling Stone, wasn't it? They did that. <gasps> did I, they? I think, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't want to uh, libel <laughs> anyone, but I believe uh, they introduced a thing whereby you could pay to become like a, a Rolling Stone. What was it? Oh, Stone. my God. Um, ah, yeah, okay, here we go. Uh, from January last year, Rolling Stone seeks thought leaders willing to pay $2,000 <gasps> to write for them. What the? My goodness. Okay, we're what crazy. A... <laughs> yeah, to get something pen- Full insanity. Everybody's rich, full insanity, not just me. Everything has a price. Anyway, um, I shall, uh, when were we going to talk about goop? Is it in this section? I'm lost. Talk now. about goop. Go on. I can't. I. I. I've only seen the trailer. Well, that was why we we're going to wait till next week. I think. But uh, oh, okay, that's it. We're waiting. To, oh, sorry. Well, I introed it. Well, we're going to wait till next week. Next week. Um, we, well, rather than goop, should we play, talk about wet dreams, or should we listen to <laughs> wet dream? Let's listen to wet. Dream. Right. by this new duo, isn't it? Wet Leg. Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. I love them. 100% love them. Are they British? Yeah, they're from the Isle of Wight of all places. Ooh. And um, they sort of just popped up with a song called Chaise Long, which is possibly the most addictive song I've ever heard. It's absolutely brilliant. And you just see, it's one of those things where like they had a song and a video and it was all brilliant. And you're just like, okay, I get you. Right from that, it was like a perfect opening statement. It was like no no rubbishy demos, no no crappy gigs, just this. I mean, maybe they did some gigs before, I don't know. <laughs> but like um, this, as an introduction, it was absolutely perfect. And it, it, at first I was like, oh, I'm not that keen on that. And then I was singing in the shower. I, it was <laughs> in my bed, like I couldn't get out of my head when I went to sleep that night. I love them. I absolutely love them. And what, why were we playing Wet Legs, Wet Dream? Because it's good. Oh, okay. It's not a segue into succession. <laughs> now that is a, a, a way to introduce the new topic. I'm sorry. Uh, today I'm trying an experiment, dear listeners. I, I decided not to prepare any intros to the segments and I just wanted to flow to see, uh, to just try a new method of mm, this mm, radio hosting different segments. Um, <laughs> it's but, because the people, Victoria Paris is having a wet dream of a night out. That's how good it is. <laughs> ah, that's it. Okay, so it's kind of it's, putting it's, an end to this talk about people having fun with their followership on, on Brooklyn parties. But speaking of Brooklyn, nearby are the offices of the Empire built by Logan Roy, the head of the family the most despicable family on hbo or maybe it's not i don't know you could argue about that all i mean nearly all the great shows are about families that aren't perfect um succession is back after a very long hiatus obviously because they couldn't resume shooting due to the covid and the pandemic but they are back and wow what an incredible way to open season three it picks up just where it right where it left off 
So uh, how do we talk about this without spoiling much? Well, I want to ask Ma why she hates it so much, not having seen it. <laughs> okay, throwing me to the... Under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, well, I think that's a very succession thing to do, isn't it? Like throwing someone <laughs> under the bus. So, like, okay, I'm, we're I'm, on theme now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, I have... I, I didn't even know that much about it until they announced the third... Is it the third season? Yeah. yeah. Fourth. Um, and every single person I follow on Twitter, it's like they paid them to make a promo and they're every day talking about it, every day tweeting about it, everything saying how excited they are. They don't care about their relatives and families anymore. They only care about succession and watching succession. They, they don't eat and do anything anymore. They just watch the show. And I'm like, okay, um, what's, what's it about? What's the deal? And the only thing that keeps popping in my timeline is people in suits and I'm not keen of people in suits but I'm just being a hater not well, it's, it's, it's not even in suits I have to say something because you like your fashion and, and stuff <laughs> it, they are the the two the two middle brothers it's there there are four brothers in this family well three brothers and a sister uh, she's an icon uh, Siobhan yeah. her, her style if I was a woman I would dress like Shiv, shiv, or yeah. or, or oh, I will cut off my five fingers on my left hand to spend a night with shiv, dinner, <laughs> having dinner in a very respectable fashion. Um, Blimey. But the <laughs> but the um, uh, the two what's what's uh, Rory, Rory, Ro, uh, Roman Roman and Kendall. Kendall, they have the worst style for being like so rich. Like this is one of the richest power families. It's kind of loosely based on the Murdoch Rupert Murdoch's family like it's mm -hmm. a media mogul and stuff and the sons like have the worst American dress sense like they always wear shirts like they never wear like it you rarely see them wearing a suit jacket like uh, dress trousers and the typical sort of uh, executive uh, Oxford shirt right blue one and zero style zero sort of there's no kind of panache there's no kind of power suit and you know they whereas logan does have a good style but this is why i think we like it so much because it shows us like these people are incredibly incredibly rich and privileged and yet they don't have it all their lives are rubbish they 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 wear stupid they 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 Ties cost like thousands of dollars, and they look horrible. And their suits yeah. cost thousands; they they look horrible. That's a very rich person yeah. thing. Like looking, having lots of money, and looking like like trash. Not like trash. Not trash. Just boring. But yeah, it's like if I had that much money, I I would dress better. I'd dress um, like Young Thug, or I don't know, or <laughs> Lil Nas X. But but these guys are like it's not even normcore. It's just like oh that horrible sort of New York stockbroker look. Where they don't even wear the 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 gilet, you know, the the puffy. The, mm -hmm. Remember how there was a thing in New York Times about how you could tell it was a broker because they wore the what we call the fataleco here. I think, I think Kendall occasionally wears a gilet, doesn't he? I oh. think he does. Yeah, yeah he maybe. obviously does. He obviously does. But I always have that image of him and the brother. You know, when they're walking through the offices, following their father around. It's like, guys, make an effort, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit of flair in those trousers. I don't know, something, but that's the, that's it. But it just ties into perfectly like, like how uh, there's loads of resentment of very rich people at the moment for very, very good reasons. And it ties into, I think we have this kind of fascination with them, but like we, 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 we have fascination for seeing that they're not better off than us. I mean, obviously financially they're a lot better off than us but like like for example okay like when when you when you see them going like round round to logan's apartment which is like this fabulous new york apartment be like 
is it that nice? Really? I mean, it's quite nice, but like, you know, it's, it's not all that nice. And like, then you see them, for example, they get into their like, you know, really, really rich cars and they get stuck in the same traffic jam as everyone else. Yeah. So that really appeals to me. And you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, you... You, you can't get out of that and they're still late for meetings even though they can come in a hotel and they still have a terrible time and they still you know get get hangovers and that really really works for me it's like the, all of a sudden for you know there are certain points in the series especially in this last episode where planes are chartered right you can charter your own plane but it's not to go to some paradise or no, it's like you're kind of running away from things and you have to go to to places that you don't really want to go to but so yes you can afford to fly on instead of flying on some uh, some commercial flight you fly on your own plane but the destination is no is no happier no and it's like so what's the point of having all this money oh yeah it just means you can afford uh, incredible people to surround you and pr companies and lawyers and stuff but it's all like grief 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 99 problems and also I tend to find that the, they can employ the very best people, like the very best PR people, because they have that kind of arrogance. They don't pay attention to them. So they don't even, like, you know, profit from it. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like you're paying all of this money and uh, no one's paying attention. Dude, for I've, the optics, no? There's that word. It's like, yeah, well, let's hire a female lawyer because it will look good. Yeah, for, let's take care of the optics of how this is going to look. Have either of you ever watched Peep Show? I think I've done. No. Nah, you see, and it's the writer, isn't he? It is, yeah. Like Peep Show is one of my very favourite sitcoms, and it is very under. Like I don't, I've met very few people in Spain that have ever seen it. You can't. I don't think you can even get it here. No. Uh, I've tried in various places, um, and it's about two. Sort, lo- yeah, I've seen this. Show. I've when seen, did you see yeah. it? When did you see uh, it? When was I it? was in Australia. Ah, uh, right. And did you like it's it? So awkward. Yes. Oh my God. I. I. It, it feels like a fever dream now. Yes. I. It was very funny and very awkward. But see, this is the kind of thing like they're this this basic couple of losers, mm-hmm. right? Who live that live together in a flat in in Croydon. Yeah. Um. And. But for me, there's loads of like similarities with this incredibly rich like. You know, you know, clan. You know, this incredibly privileged clan. They're not so that confused, different from though. like these two losers living in their in their Croydon flat. You know. But this is the writer of Succession, is yeah, yeah, and he's also he was also a writer on a show. I didn't see the show, but I saw the movie that continued it, The Thick of It. Oh, that's brilliant! The that's Thick brilliant. of It was about people working in Ten Downing Street, like the assistants to the Prime Minister, and and the vicious talk, you know, because it's all high power. Like there's always a scandal, so they're always like PR. Oh, you know, how do we stop the scandal and stuff? And the way they talk to each other is the most aggressive, vicious, horrible, and but it's it's funny, obviously, but it's almost uncomfortable funny. You know, it's it's not like ha ha ha, like you hear the uh, the the canned laughter like on Seinfeld. No, no, no. This is like it, it's like a handheld camera, a little bit like uh, Ricky Gervais's The Office kind of mm-hmm, tone. Yeah. Then they made the movie In the Loop, which was like. British politicians uh, having trouble having an international conflict with the the American government and so you have Americans and British and they're like traveling to the Washington and and it's kind of like succession where there's the there are these in- incredible put downs and humili- humiliating phrases and stuff and it's it's perverse and it's a joy to watch I was going to say one thing that that made that Ma what you were saying made me think about was um I read an article the other day which basically said Netflix uh, is very good at producing these shows where like almost the important thing is like you have to see it because everyone's talking about mm-hmm. it and yeah I know this isn't this is Netflix this is HBO but it it feels like that I mean it feels like the Squid Game for God's yeah, sake like the first yeah. time I heard people talk about Squid Game I was like 
Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not for me. Fine. And then everyone's talking about it. I'm just like, God, I've got to watch it because to, otherwise yeah. I'm not like a fun I'm not in the conversation. Person, yeah. You know what I mean? You go to dinner with six friends, five of them are talking about the Squid Game, and you're like, um, well, did you guys watch Peep Show? And it's like, that's not even in, the, in Spain, <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I, God, that's my life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have this hatred towards succession because I. I know I won't be able to catch up to be part of the party that everyone's yeah. having. So now I feel like I'm I'm left with no option other than being the hater that that's outside the party, being like I didn't want to be in to begin with. So like uh, in Squid Game and stuff like that, it's like okay, I'm gonna watch it uh, to say something or to be able to understand the the topic that we're all talking about. But in this case, it's like it's the third season. It's I'm I don't even have the chance. To, to be brainwashed by Netflix who wants me to watch <laughs> shit so bad. So it's like... But it, 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 you know when you are enjoying a show and it's like, oh, I really need to talk about this with people. Mm -hmm. And I, I always feel, I never know. There are thousands of online forums of discussion where you can go and, and take part with even people who are only, only positive like comments or stuff, you know, so that you can just hype each other. I never know where to go with this. I always, the, uh, the Guardian has an episode by episode blog of Succession, and that's where I go. Like, and it has comment sections. It does. Yeah, ah. yeah. yeah. Um, and my wife always laughs at me because we're like, "You just watched it. Why are you going to go and read something about it? And why are you going to read other people's random yeah. opinions?" She of has it? a point. She has a very good point. But I, I'm not. I'm not telling her that. But it's the wholesome experience. You know, you get the hype, and then you can ah, you can talk about it. You know, like. It's like when the olden days, you'd go to a concert and then afterwards you'd go and have a beer afterwards with, you know, with, uh, with the people you went with. And, oh, and the, the mm. moment that he played the guitar solo and the yeah. when she did the, the piano thing and oh, that was, I don't know, it's, it's part of the human experience. Hmm. But yes, Succession, sure. watch it. And the theme tune. Oh, yes. It's beautiful. You, you will recognize it. Uh, David, let's have the theme tune. I think if, I think if, I know who could sing on this track, mm -hmm. you know, she could put some really one of those sweeping voices on and then the music comes and I feel so alone in the top of my tower. Who sings like this? And uh. the sky falls. <laughs> and it crumbles. Oh, I what a link. What a link. <laughs> what a Adele. link. Adele. Adele could yeah, definitely. Yeah, she really could. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. Good. Yeah. It's a very nice Adele-y kind of thing, you know, the sweeping strings yeah. and it's slow and it's like there's a drama coming, you know, and it's going to be <laughs> another song about breakup. <laughs> but Adele is back. But is, is she? Is it? Is there? Is there going to be? Is thirty going to be about a breakup? She's been very, very happy. Divorce, babe. Divorce, as she said. Ah, yeah. But when did she get divorced? In a, in. Um, last year. Yeah. Hang on, was her last album 25? Yeah, this is thir this is 30. And she's like 32 now, but she's going to talk about divorce anyway. She yeah. got divorced in 30 when she was 31 or something. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, apparently, in according to her live stream, it's about divorce. But well, also, it's kind of basically one of the things I heard was it's about her, uh, preparing her son. It's about like saying to her son, like, this is why. 
I had I hate to... your father. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I had to get divorced from your your father. Not not hate. Hate's a very very strong word, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Just like leaving that. If I like, because kids get very embarrassed by things their parents do, right? Imagine having that and be like, "Mum, you did a song for me about why you got divorced." Like, mm-hmm. God, leave it. Out. I mean, that poor kid. Every teacher, every person, like, you know, in that young kid's age, when they go to school, every mother picking up their other kid is like, I listen to your mother's music every day. It helps me get through life. And It's like that episode of Friends where they discover (laughs) Ross's son goes to the same school as Sting's son. Do you remember that one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. I don't remember this. Oh, it's really good. Basically, like, oh, God, what happens? Like, Ross basically casually drops into a conversation that his son and Sting's son go to the same school and they don't get on. Like, they've been having, like, fights (laughs) or something like that. So I think it's Phoebe decides, like, well, well, obviously she's got to meet with, like, you know, Sting's Sting to talk about this with baby, and she's really annoyed where she goes to meet Sting and ends up meeting like um Trudy Styler instead. And does Trudy Styler make an appearance? Yeah, yeah, the- yeah, no yeah. way, no way. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's such a good episode. It's, I can't believe you neither of you seen Look, it. Sting cameos are really good. Sting's not in it, man, it's only Trudy, but but the, the, his, his presence is somehow part of the script because um, I just watched another thing that. Is a series which I think you're going to love. You're both going to love. Only Murderers Left in the Building, I think it's called, with Steve oh, yeah, Martin. Yeah. It's on uh, Apple or mm. Disney. 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 Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, they've always been best of friends for ye- oh. for decades, and Selena Gomez. I thought it was a movie. No, it's a series. Oh. And it's like they, they, they open, they decide to, they, they're neighbors in this typical New York incredible apartment building that only people who, with a lot of money can afford to live in. It's like that kind of upper middle class where they're, they're always like eating cheaply hot dogs and stuff, but they can somehow afford to live in these, this incredible, incredible apartment that, that kind of feels like it's really close to Central Park. And uh, Sting has a cameo in it because he is one of the neighbors in this building. That's how plush of a building it is. Sting lives in it. Uh, it's one of his residences. And uh, it's like a, a mystery murder, murder mystery thing. And they decide to form a bond and create a podcast, a true crime podcast. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, a very, it's a very enjoyable show. It's very cozy. It's very Disney. Uh, Steve Martin, who, if you're a fan like I am, you know, everything he does always makes you feel good. And um, yeah, very recommended. And Selena goes. Gomez plays Selena Gomez as always like you know like being over and done with everything and speaking like this she does, she does a good job um, but yeah so you called Adele yeah. uh, the ultimate wine mum yeah, well actually you know what she's not a wine mum she's a pint mum <laughs> because she talks like a South London cabbie and but she dresses and sings like a diva and she always seems to have a pint in her hand uh, yep. even if she doesn't she, her attitude is like alright mate yeah I get some you know <laughs> some pork pies and stuff and uh, yeah, that's that's part of her charm. Yeah, she really I has think. a thick accent when talking in like normally, not singing. It was so funny in the live stream. Live streams, she was um, saying like, "I I cannot uh, mimic like an, an American." Yes, you can. No, I cannot. I, it's one of the things I would love to have this ability to copy accents, but I I do not. But it, she is hilarious trying to sort of work the Instagram live. Like, how yeah. do I do this? How do I invite yeah. you? I, I haven't seen this. Tell and, me. And, they, and someone asked the, her um, will you collab with Peppa Pig and she's like Peppa Pig 
no and, 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 and everyone's like yeah why would you turn down Peppa Pig she has a like, super high rating on, on Pitchfork for her first album like you should collab and she has gone on on radios um stations after the live stream and, and has almost had to apologize for saying she will not collab with Peppa Pig. Well, apparently Peppa Pig sent a very sad voice message <laughs> yeah. when, uh, when Adele said she, she would Oh my God, that, that could turn legions of children against Adele. Like, how mm -hmm. dare you speak ill of our, our source of happiness? And... There's another point where someone asks her, "What do you think? Do you like hyperpop? Are you gonna get? Are you gonna be do any remix or something?" Or, and, and she's like, "Hyperpop? Well, I guess so." Like she clearly yeah, doesn't she know no what hyperpop idea. is, yeah. which is weird. I thought everyone in London would kind of know what hyperpop is. Is she in London anymore? I thought she was. I no, she's well. She's dating LeBron James' manager, so they must live. What? What? She's dating LeBron? Wasn't she with Skip? Or not anymore. Not was, anymore. Yeah, was it Skepta or Stormzy? I was confused. Skepta, I yeah, they were cute together, but now she's dating LeBron James. Manager. Wait a minute. Skepta went from Sita Bellan to Adele. Something they were with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sita has a type, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Adele, uh, but Skepta clearly doesn't have a type because yeah, you know, completely uh, different. very, very different. Uh, people. Well, she must live in LA now, I think. They all, all these British always go to LA, don't they? Is it for tax reasons? I don't know. But she definitely has real estate in London. Who wouldn't? It's because it's sunny in LA. It's sunny. It's always, not, but not it's also England. sunny in Mallorca. You know, remember when Mr. Nice, what, Howard Marks lived in Mallorca. That's where he got arrested. So many, <laughs> the, the Noel Gallagher bought a house in Ibiza. So did the guy from Duran Duran. You know who's in Ibiza? Tell me. John Carroll Kirby and, and Eddie Chacon. Remember those two I was oh, yes, obsessing yes, over? Yeah, yeah. They've And they've just finished re recording Eddie Chacon's second album in Ibiza. They they rented an Airbnb. I've been following them on Instagram. I'm like, can't someone bring them over to Barcelona to play one of these like just low-key gigs here in some of these nice design hotels? I've got to say, I think Adele's new song would be a lot more interesting if it had a bit of Ibiza influence, you know, if a bit... It's, it's... You didn't like it. It's, it's just target. it's just Adele being Adele. It's so Adele sounding like Adele. I mean, it's 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 just immune to any kind of criticism I could put mm -hmm. it. It it was yeah all right, but it just like it's exactly what you might expect. And in fact, it's quite interesting because I, I was looking at a video um, from uh, someone called Mary Spender, who is this uh, sort of she, she does a lot of like videos about songwriting and musician basically she decided because you know right when there's a tiny little clip of the adele single mm -hmm. she was like right i'm gonna write the new adele single so she used that that kind of tiny clip uh and then basically um wrote her own song on top of it and my god like it sounds just like adele right yes yeah yeah, yeah. a like, song in the key of adele yeah, so that's yeah, what, yeah, that's yeah. what. What were we talking about? The people who do that for advertising. It's like we need a song oh, that sounds like yeah. lookalikes. Yeah, mm. oh, soundalikes. 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 And what's this slowed and reverb thing? Well, this is the fan. Like the interesting thing, like because because Adele is so big. Like I that when she comes back, like not so anymore. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I couldn't help it. I Your couldn't hand. help it. Look at Mar is cringing. I'm so sorry. I apologize Cancel. for this very cancely kind of joke. I couldn't help it. It's uh, I, it was a knee-jerk reaction. I have old old me coming back into um, you know how those memes of feminism leaving my body. That was that <laughs> yeah, was it. That was me for a, for a second. Sorry, sorry. What was it? What what I was saying is that basically uh, because like 
she's so famous and everywhere that that she just sort of dominates culture, entirely dominates culture for a while. Um, and I thought it was interesting to see. Do you do you know what slowed and reverb is? Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that well, like those songs that maybe last five minutes and you stretch them out into thirty minutes and it's, it's a bit like that. Yeah, basically, it's like it went from like people used to just slow them down, and now they add reverb, and it's oh. like it's, it's this way that they do this with. Um, you know, because it, it makes it like sound slow and relaxed. Ambient. And it becomes mm-hmm. an ambient sort of finesse track. Yeah, and I just kind of like the way the two sort of trends collided. Um, I don't think, I found this on Spotify, I don't think this is actually Adele singing, because if it was, I don't think it would be, um, I don't think you'd be able to have it on Spotify for very long, because I don't think it's an official remix or anything. But I thought it was just uh, a little bit interesting. Should we, do you want to have a listen? Please, this is please. Yasprod, uh, Easy On Me, Slowed Reverb. cut it off i want to listen to the whole thing but it sounds like james Blake. well exactly that's the point you slow reverb anything there's a whole there's a, a website slowedreverb.com where you can just like put any song in it and it'll slow and reverb ah. it and it will just sound like james blake if there's a piano <laughs> a minimal piano on it or james blake no it's a, I, I think i'm team i'm team james blake now <laughs> but it's the it's kind of whose timber you know it's got the kind of the back of the throat kind of, uh, 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 oh sanfa or oh, sanfa yeah yeah, the warble. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't like Adele, you don't like James Blake, you don't like Sanford, but you do like Brian Adams. <laughs> I do like Brian Adams, right? So hear me out. The um, we've all you know we've talked about guilty pleasures in the past, and I'm at the age where half of what I listen to would have been considered a guilty pleasure a while ago. Cheesy radio hits, power ballads like this one, heavy doses of schmaltz. Enya, Radiohead, <clears throat> let us not disable the essence of the guilty pleasure. I want there to be guilty pleasures because when you feel a bit embarrassed of liking certain things, it feels more fun, like you're breaking a rule or slipping a few jelly beans into your pocket when the clerk has turned their back around. I'm not encouraging this. Do not rob from small shops. Only rub from the corporations. Anyway, last week I received a promotional email from BMG announcing that Canadian raspy-voiced power ballad icon Brian Adams has returned with a new album, his 15th, titled So Happy It Hurts. He's even announced a tour which will bring him to Spain in February 2022. Now, I'm no hardcore Brian Adams fan, but I do enjoy some of his songs when they play on the radio, right? It's like, oh yeah, that's a nice song. And if I had to pick my favorite of these, that's oh, a nice song. It has to be the song he wrote for the soundtrack of the film Don Juan de Marco, starring 
Johnny Depp when he was um, acceptable and Marlon Brando when he needed the money. <laughs> This song was a huge hit, like loads of Brian Adams's ballads. He did very well. And he did very well with any song he put on a soundtrack. You know, my other favorite of his was Everything I Do, I Do It For You from the Oh, Robin. for God's sake. Oh. That song is terrible. No, I but... I cannot listen to that song. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's pure, like, ah, uh, like, like the song in the key of Brian Adams, no? It had everything. Plus, I was a super fan of that movie. I remember seeing it when I was very young and with my mom in England and stuff. And it was like, wow, Kevin Costner playing Robin of Loxley, Nottingham with an American accent. If a movie doesn't make you suspend your disbelief, it's crap. <laughs> anyway, then there was All for Love, which was, wasn't a duet. It was a triplet singing with Rod Stewart and Sting, who I've <laughs> always loved and is probably my absolutest guilty pleasure i don't think it's ever been repeated three radio friendly titans tripleting on a song apart from lady marmalade no with mm -hmm. ex christina aguilera lil kim and pink that well that was four of them because there was uh my yeah my i said her um in hip-hop it's very normal but in pop rock i don't have that many references of like three giant superstars singing together on a track anyway But um, wh uh, why do I feel that have you ever really loved a woman is a guilty pleasure? Well, for starters, half the song really belongs to Spanish iconic classic guitar player Paco de Lucia, who is not credited as a songwriter. Michael Kamen, Brian Adams and Robert John Mutt Lange took all the credit. Now, obviously, the melody might have been written by them, but with Paco de Lucia, when you get him to play on a record, there is a lot of stuff that only he can, that, that, that is pure him, out of his fingers. I think he deserved a credit. But at least he appeared in the video, shot in Malaga by Anton Corbain. Now, at the time, many wondered how this artistic collaboration came to exist. Paco de Lucia, Brian Adams, right? Well... Listen to this. Brian, who happened to be in Jamaica, contacted Paco de Lucia's manager asking if he'd be available to play on the song. And the manager replied, Paco was not available. He was on holiday. Then Brian sent a second fax. Now remember, this was before WhatsApps. Yeah, this was this was in mid-90s, 94, asking where Paco was spending his, his holiday. Lo and behold, the flamenco legend was also holidaying in Jamaica. Yeah. And the rest is history, okay? Now, Mar, I might cr make you cringe for a second time <laughs> or a third or maybe a fourth <laughs> today. Uh, so don't get too embarrassed about what I'm about to say. But Andalusians like myself, when we're okay for money and on holiday, we don't really feel any need or any, you know, or any kind of desire to do any extra work, okay? Now, I can perfectly imagine Paco y Lucia barefoot walking along the white sands of jamaica with his shirt open holding a glass of rum in one hand maybe a joint in the other and the manager insisting paco el brian adam el brian adam quiere que toques en una canción he's like tío no me, me va you're gonna spoil my holiday i'm chilling here i know who brian adams is perfectly well but i am paco de lucia i am a legend i thousands and millions of guitar students listen to my records to learn how to play classic guitar you know i don't need to be playing on some soundtrack to some romantic comedy film and stuff but as an andalusian who has had some contact with people from the artistic world of flamenco, know how flamenco managers are. And once that man heard that there was a, how much? $24 million budget on this Hollywood movie, which means he could ask for 
four times what Paco de Lucia would normally charge for on a on a record on a studio session. It's like, hey, Paco, you gotta do this. You gotta do this, man. You can't come on. The guy is on the island. He's gonna. You don't have to go anywhere. He's gonna come and see you. So I'm just imagining. I'm I'm just like loving imagining like a guy who's from Jerez de la Frontera. I'm from Malaga. We're kind of the same. Like I'm just imagining that kind of that desire to get rid of it and being cornered by Brian Adams in your holiday. And it's like, ah, okay, take, venga, venga, que se venga, que se venga. <laughs> and, you know, in the end it worked out and it's wonderful. And when Paco de Lucia sadly passed away, Brian Adams wrote a beautiful, well, sent a, a tweet into the world missing his friend, his collaborator. Anyway, um, but another reason, where, and I quickly, no, no, uh, I was going to say about how the, the lyrics are very cringy and stuff, but um, let's just listen to a little bit of this classic so we have a little bit of time to talk about our album of the week. To really love a woman, to understand and that's all we're going to listen to from that wonderful song because you've all heard it a thousand times and it's one of, and it's a very beautiful song and you heard a little bit of Paco de Lucia's licks. Now, album of the week. It is so short, we're only going to have one minute to talk about it. Which is very on brand because the album is only 19 minutes long because it's Pink Panthers. And none of the songs last longer than two minutes, apparently. <laughs> uh, just a little bit long. Some of them do. Oh, God, it's beautiful. Isn't it lovely to just have something that's 19 minutes long? You listen to it and you're like, I want to listen to that again. Here's, do you want to hear my line? Yeah. Uh, it's an album that sounds like TikTok feels. Do you like it? Yeah. Let it sit in. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. <laughs> I like it. It's, I like it because it's an interesting intersection between intimate bedroom teenage pop, uh, almost Disney-ish, like maybe Olivia Rodrigo, mm -hmm. but with strong '90s UK garage influences. Imagine Craig David had a daughter, and all he ever played her was his own music. But she also watched Hilary Duff's shows on on Disney. Imagine if social media was fun again. Imagine. <laughs> imagine that, that's sort of imagine. what it's like, you know, it's kind of a place just to dip into it, you know, yeah. like, and, and that's why I say it sounds like TikTok. TikTok's fun, isn't it? Generally? It is super fun. Well, that's what that's what this is like. And it's, it's super like quick and it's um, just, it, a TikTok album is 19 minutes long. So, yeah, that makes sense. I saw a, a meme on Twitter that was like a guy like crying and saying like imagine being 15 minutes late to the Pink Panthers concert and when you arrive it's already <laughs> over <laughs> it would be like that uh, her voice has an interesting timbre it's high pitched but sandy and almost sounds like sped up R&B and the production is very solid I, I don't think I, I can't remember the last time I heard an album talking about flunking A-levels Oh, that was I really like that tune um, because uh, it's kind of it's very day to day, isn't it? It's like that was um, 19, wasn't it? Very personal lyrics about like oh, what and, and it's kind of so hard to do that without sounding cringy. You know, you mm -hmm. meant to talk about like romance and death and love and like but flag, flag She's just the opposite of cringe. She's just, she can do no no cringe. It's against her persona. Give her time. <laughs> anyway, let's let's, let's 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 stop listening to Brian Adams and listen to a little bit of Pink Panthers as we say goodbye. Thank you for listening to the weekly review. It was any